0: Next up, Charles today is going to be continuing, he's going to be t- doing a part two of last week's talk entitled, How Do I Really Feel About God? Let's welcome Charles. We're on, yay. Hey, welcome. Hey, how do you feel about the new space? Isn't it nice? It took a lot of work. I mean, some of you are here, Emily, others have helped this. Let me just give a clap to all of you who... Gonna stand up, those of you who helped to make this happen. Yay! Good job. It's incredibly nice, isn't it? So much better, I feel like. It's just more cheerful, open. It's just nice. And you guys picked the right service to come to because, you know, there's actually some seats left that you can sit in. First service, my goodness, people had to like stand on the back. They were like, every seat was taken, and there were like 20 more chairs pulled out. So, you guys are the smart ones. You guys are smart. You know, this is the future, the second service. <laughs> this is what's going to really like, ha- you know, hop and it's going to be a happening service. So And there's room here too. So, it's fun. Well, we, uh, <clears throat> we started a new sermon series last Sunday. Yeah? Wasn't it good, if I may say so myself? <laughs> Isn't that a good sermon? Like, I even like, got a, a clapping right? last week. It was great. So if you missed it, and of course, you can't come to church every week, right? I mean, who does that, right? So I'm sure some of you have missed it. That's okay. If you missed it, our sermons are on our website. It's on our River app. It's on iTunes, you know, check it out because we're going to be like doing this for a few weeks. This uh, We talked about the parable of the prodigal son. And it's been called the entire gospel in one story. It's the best known story in the world. This story is known by more people than any other story that has ever been told. And there's a reason for that. This is a very powerful story that basically goes to the heart of the gospel, and this is foundational to our church. I mean, of course, we're not going to always talk about this story. There's so many other things to talk about, but this is the foundation that undergirds our church. So this sermon last week, this week, next week, it's worth listening to. It's a great foundational stuff. Okay? Now I ran out of time last week. I had I had to cut out some points, I just had to adjust. And I I went long anyway. <laughs> and so let's just continue, shall we? I mean I said it's just so rich. We're going to have to look at it again. And so let's just keep digging in, and digging into this parable of the prodigal son. You've heard of this, right? Parable of the prodigal son. It's a well-known story. Let's take a look. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. He's asking for the inheritance. This guy is a jerk. Let me just say that. I mean, who says that to their father or mother? You know, I can't wait around for you to die any longer. Just will you kick the bucket already? Give me my inheritance now. Who does that? Do you know anyone like that? This crazy criminal, stupid young man, right? But so surprising. The father divides his property between them. I would have beat him up, but you know that's me. But this father, he just gives him the money. but that's just like anyone can tell you that you give like millions of dollars to this young stupid guy what's going to happen? going to just destroy himself with it right? that's what happens here very predictable when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's higher servants have food to spare here i am starving to death <clears throat> i will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher servants. So he's got this nice speech of repentance. You know, I repent. You know, straighten my, out my life. Hired me like one of the servants. Better than starving to death. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. What a softy. I mean, really? Oh, no, when your son does that to you, you're just like, "Oh, I love you. Come on, have a backbone, something, right? The son said to him, "Father, I' have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You remember, this is the nice, prepared speech of repentance. But he doesn't get to finish the speech. The father said to his servants, Cut him off, quick." Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. It's just a royal welcome, isn't it? It's an absolute royal welcome. After all that he's done, wow. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants, asking What's going on here? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, this jerk, this SOB, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, this degenerate criminal, you kill the fattening calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours, but we have to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What a story. You know, let me just dig into it again, let me recap some of the highlights from last week because as I said, nobody comes to church every week. Some of you were not here, so we need to get to a same place to get keep going. Sounds good? Is that okay? There were a good points, so I think it'll be good to just remind ourselves anyway, okay? Alright, so the father in this story stands for God, as in all the other stories of Jesus in this kind of structure, there's really very little disagreement that this father stands for God. And God is supposed to be right about everything. Right? Whatever he does is right. So you can't talk back. What he does is good and right and just. But when you really like, look at it from the older son's perspective. I mean, he's got a point, doesn't he? (laughs) It's just... How is this fair? Anybody relate to that? Anybody get a little angry about this? How, how can this, how can you act like this, God? I mean, I know you know all God and stuff, but this just doesn't sound right. I mean, you're the son. He has never disobeyed God, the Father. Any of you, can you say that? When you stand up and say, I never disobeyed the Father God, wow. Right? I mean, that takes some chutzpah to stand up and say that, right? I mean, I'm sure he must have disobeyed in some way. But to be able to like, have the gumption to say, I never disobeyed you, he must have been a model Christian. Right? I mean, to be able to stand up and even claim that, there has to have been something. Like, I'm a model Christian. I've dedicated my life to serving you. I've been, I've been working for you all my life. That's a model Christian. And yet, this guy is found outside the Father's feast, which stands for heaven. And it's this degenerate criminal younger son who's in there partying it up with God, enjoying God's favor. How does this compute? Right? Doesn't that like make you unsettled, uncomfortable? That doesn't jive with what you think God is like, what people say God is like. No wonder the godly people at the time rejected Jesus. Right, You know that. They rejected Jesus because he went around preaching stuff like this, and it didn't jive with what the godly people thought God was like. There's no way. they rejected him. The older son is a model Christian, and but you know when you dig into his speech, you realize he doesn't have a lot of joy in his life, does he? He doesn't even have got a goat let alone the fattened calf, right? His life seems kind of grim. It's not that great. It's not in the feast, enjoying the calf. See, the older son is stuck between the pigsty and the feast. He is not in the pigsty. He's never been in danger of falling into the pigsty. He's very good at staying out of the pigsty. And actually, there's a lot to be said for that. If you behave like this younger son, if you don't take sin seriously, if you act criminal in this life, it's easy to fall into some kind of chaos. You know, there are lots of cautionary tales out there. It's not easy to have that stable, safe, secure Life, that you feel like, oh, you know, I'm in a good place. I'm not in danger of falling into this chaotic pigsty. That's not easy to do, right? People fall into addictions, they have affairs, divorce, half the country gets divorced There's chaos. A lot of lives are going from one crisis to another. It's threatening. And if you're a reasonable human being, hey, that is threatening. Right? Back of our minds. We know. Not that hard to fall into some kind of chaos. You know, you don't... Job, stable job stable relationships, stable life that kind of gets you going in a good path. It's not easy to achieve. And so because that is so threatening in this world, we use faith in God to help us achieve that place outside that pigsty. We envision, we often envision God as that angry voice in our head, I've talked to lots of people in the church world who have said to me, they have said to me, look, if it weren't for God and, and my fear of God and, and the fear of eternal punishment, I would just fall into addictions. I would just sleep around. I would just like live this crazy life if I weren't afraid of God's eternal punishment. Right? People do that. So, so, so the most well-known sermon in America is Sinners in the Hands of Angry God. Right? We are sinners in the hands of angry God. And so, you know, that's a threat. Straighten out your life. Obey God. Stay out of the pigsty. Because your life can fall apart. And so we use that. We, we envision God's angry voice in our head. Threatening us. If we don't stay, on the path of straight and narrow. And that's quite useful. I mean, as my friends have said, if it helps you stay out of the pigsty, if it it helps you stay out of chaos, that's a quite useful thing. But as I said last week, at what cost though? Because that's a way to gain the world and lose your soul. Because that's a way to become a great servant of God, but terrible friend of God. Remember this point? Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. Speaking for God, I call you friends. He's saying, from the old covenant to the new covenant, you've got to switch your mentality from working at being a good servant of God to being a good friend of God. That's a huge shift that differentiates us from Judaism. Christianity is not Judaism 2.0. We are a different thing. And this is what captures it. Now, the older son is a great servant of God, right? Never disobeys, works for God, is a terrible friend of God. He feels terrible about God. He's angry at God for disappointing his expectations. He doesn't feel good about his father, right? And that makes sense because if you envision God as this angry voice that you have to measure up to, if you have any friend like that, that whenever you think of this friend, you kind of feel like, you know what, I fall short. This friend is that voice that kind of calls you to live the righteous life. Whenever you think of this friend, you kind of feel a little guilty, kind of feel a little ashamed. He's like this paragon of virtue, and you just feel a little like, what do you think will happen to that friendship? I don't think it'll go well. (laughs) Friendship is not supposed to be like that. It's poison to friendship if you go there. So you try to run on that treadmill of being a servant of God like this older son, you're not going to become a good friend of God. So don't use God as that angry father in your head to help you behave. Because that's the way to get stuck in between the pigsty and the heavenly feast. And I'm here to tell you most of us live in that gray zone. Most of us are not in the pigsty. Most of us are not criminals. At least I hope you're not. Are you? Anyone want to realize, are you? I'm a criminal. You're probably not going to fess up. But anyway, I, I, I really trust and believe that none of you are criminals. You know, right? Yeah. We're not, most of us have managed to stay out of the pigsty. And yet, we're not quite in the feast either. Life isn't this like a fattened calf rejoicing. Life is a little bit more like, wow, it's hard going. It's not easy to eke out some joy from this life. You know, stuff goes wrong. Your sink starts leaking. Your family goes crazy, and like you have to help them out. You get bed bugs in your house, and and even if none of that's happening, life is not, you know, meh. Right? It's it's Seinfeld. It's curb your enthusiasm. man. You know what I'm saying? It's. I mean, you. You grow up and you think, if I just like do all these things, life's gonna be great. You stay out of the pigsty, but it's not quiet. satisfying. Any of you relate to that? It's not quite like every day. I just love getting out of bed, and this is like heavenly feast. Yeah, <laughs> good morning, New York. How many of you at the subway does do that? I mean, we live in that gray zone, and. And this is what spirituality is for. To help you move into that zone of the feast. That's what it's for. It's not just to stay out of the pigsty. Faith is for so much more than just staying out of the pigsty. It's to get you into the feast. That's what spirituality is for. Don't get me wrong. It's a good idea to stay out of the pigsty. Are we agreed? But that's just common sense, folks. Right? Faith is for much more than that. It's for this wind at your back and this sense of joy in your life that helps you rejoice always. It's for life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus came to preach. Not just stay out of the pigsty. might as well have stayed with Judaism 2.0 then. No, it's for much more. And the only way to get that feast. It's to start changing our idea on what faith and spirituality is for. You know? It's not just to become like the older son and be a servant of God. You have to move towards friendship with God. And, and we have to understand this crazy father. He's crazy. He doesn't, he doesn't demand repentance from the younger son when he comes back. Does he? I mean, don't you think that would have been a perfect moment It's a teaching moment, don't you think, for a little lecture? I mean, even if you take him back, right? I mean, this is the golden moment. Have you, my son, have you learned anything from the pigsty? You know what I mean? A little lecture. I do that all the time. I mean, being a pastor, it's an occupational hazard. I can preach. My kids say I'm always lecturing them. They have friends whose parents go to this church and 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 the friend are saying, You know what? My father is listening to your dad's sermons and starting to lecture that to me. (laughs) So like I'm just like I'm spreading the lecture everywhere. That's why perfect moment for like my son. You know, straighten out your life. You smell like a pig. Come on. Let's do better. You know, does he do that, this father? No. I mean, the son starts going there, and the father is like, psh, you know, cuts him off and just gives him this incredible feast. Wow, what kind of father is this? Crazy father. Do we understand this father really? He's so gracious. So gracious. He's gracious to the older son, too. It was considered a grave insult to refuse to go into someone's party, especially your father's party. You're supposed to be a host in there with your party. To not go in is, is like sticking the middle finger to your own dad. And what does the father do? He comes out and pleads and says, This feast is for you too, my son. Please with him, graciously, my son. This brother of yours is back. Would you come in? This father is so good to both the older son and the younger son. And that's the Father God we preach here. This church is for both types of people. How many of you kinda sympathize and you can relate to the older son? No, yeah. How many of you are more like a younger son? And how many of us have both? We probably have both. That's the thing, you know. God is for both types of people. This church is for both types to grow and enjoy the feast. We, We are here for you, for the older. Sometimes older son types can feel like when we preach this father, he is only for the younger son, isn't he? No, this father is for the older son too. The the father is asking the older son to reset his mind, to grow in a different way, you know? Because we need to, to enjoy the feast. I was recently talking with a a member of this church. He said, 10 years ago, I was the older son exactly. He said, I could outdo the older son at being the older son. I'm the model older son, to the T. And my life was going in a very bad direction. Yeah, I was stable, but I was just like my internal happiness. And he said, being here in ten, for, for 10 years, he was at this church. And he said, I have changed so much, I don't even recognize myself, and I have no sympathy for this older son. I can't even relate to him anymore. I've changed so much. He said, I owe my life to this church. That was really moving to me. Very encouraging, because as a pastor, I like to keep score, you know. <laughs> so, so, you know, someone has repented and found the feast. Isn't that gratifying, right? And that's, that's the church's credit. It's not just me. We all, it's being a community that does that. And more on that point later. But if you identify with this more of the older son type personality, if you've been a Christian for a long time, if you're like me, then being a Christian meant, like I got to grow, growing in Christian faith meant reading more of the Bible, reading the Bible, praying more. You know, you just, if I want more from God, then I do more for god i serve god i come to church i volunteer i read the bible and and if i want to grow more i just do that more well in my experience that only got me so far at first that was great you know it's like when you are outside the father's house and you just come in and you start reading the bible and your mind changes you learn about god you pray a lot I prayed two hours a day routinely. I prayed 100 Psalms a day. That took an hour and a half just praying the Psalms. I read Bible so much. I, I, I did Bible study 40 hours a week. I just came, went at it and it was great for a while but at some point it hits a wall. It doesn't do for you what it used to do. You run out. You know, it, 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 to grow in Christian faith, if you're older son type, just to read more Bible, just to pray more, just keep doing the same thing you have been doing in order to get to that feast, you're not going to get in there. God has made it so that when you just come back in, yeah, that's the way to go, but at some point you have to switch your tack. You have to move towards becoming a friend of God rather than servant of God, to really enjoy the feast. Does that point make sense? You can't just keep doing the same thing you've been doing and expect a different result. Anybody else relate to that experience I've had? That's not enough to just read more Bible. That joy of heaven doesn't come in anymore. You run out. It's because of this dynamic. God wants us to grow Not just to do the same thing more, but to grow in a different direction towards friendship with God. Yeah, I see some Isn't that a good point? I see some nodding. And so this church exists for you who are more of the older son type. Yeah, read the Bible, pray. But let's add some other things to do as well. There aren't that many churches out there who will help you move from being servant of God to friend of God. This Church exists for you it 's for you. Think about that. Consider that as you think about growing in your faith. This church is also for the younger son types who believe that God is disappointed in them because of what the churches and traditional older son types have always told them what God is like. There's a member in this church you guys may have remember. Sean, he shared publicly his experience. He loves God now, but for much of his adult life, he hated God and Christians because he grew up in a church. But growing up, he was more of the younger son type, a little bit on the wild side. And the church leaders came to him and asked him not to come to church anymore because they were afraid that he was bad influence to other kids in the church. These were people who were really focused on helping their kids stay out of the pigsty, right? This is more of the older son traditional approach to God. And I don't dismiss those concerns. It's good to stay out of, the, I mean, there are concerns for their own kids, you know? And I can understand that. The problem is, They misrepresented God and faith. They couched all those things in the terms of God is like this, angry God, disappointed God. You're not going to get anything from God unless you straighten out your life and repent and get on the straight and narrow. That's what I have a problem with, that, that misunderstanding. Because Sean started to understand that God is hostile to him. And that's what he hated. And that's a big problem, don't you think? And there's a lot of that going on out there. And so we are here for you as a church to say, no, God is like the father of this story. God is not disappointed and piling on shame and guilt. God wants you to enjoy the feast. That's a different message, don't you think? And so we are here for you to get back in relationship with God. So we as a church, we are committed to preaching this father that Jesus preached. Even if it's not popular. This is very difficult. Gospel is not easy to take, especially for the good, godly people. We lost a lot of them. And they are good and godly people. But this is very stretching and uncomfortable to keep talking about the Father God in these terms. Right? The older son types, they are not happy. They don't want to go into the feast in that way. But for others, what we do is so good. This, this is the gospel that rings true in their souls. So, so some other people, they're very, they get very passionate about it. You heard of this high-level advertising executive from Colorado, Tom Layden. He came, last few months he's been helping us. He came in June and conducted seven focus groups. Any of you part of those focus groups, right? And he put in a lot of work. That was a lot of work from you, thank you. It was like, what, hour and a half, right there? He did seven of those while he was here, and out of all that work, He has produced this 102-page long professional advertising campaign. He has produced this detailed research, analysis, conclusions, proposals, high-level work. Isn't this great? This has been very exciting. Some highlights from the report are, he says our people love the river. You know, those of you who are left, (laughs) love the river. You know, he says we are way above average in terms of how passionate we are about this church and how willing people are to share and invite their friends to this church. He says, you know, people are really into your church. So he proposes making short videos like 10-second videos, 30-second videos, two-minute videos. He proposes hiring someone to capture the unique appeal of this church, how open-hearted it is, what people's experiences have been. You've read some of these Humans of the River stories. It's crazy good, right? Capture that in short videos, how warm, transformative, fun this place is, and put them out there. He's got an idea on how to do social media campaign. He's got proposals on how to get in newspapers, write a book. He's recruited like a whole team from his company. It's pretty high level up. So he was able to recruit people from his uh, company's creative department, from PR department. We got a project manager. There's a whole group of people that are working on our behalf from Colorado. Colorado for nothing it's all being donated out of passion and not only that this team that he has created you know they really got to learn about what our church is like from you know this report is really they really like know what our church is like from focus groups from members of this church, from talking to me, from looking at our website, what we believe, what we are like. And they were so inspired by what we do. They have decided collectively to give us $10,000 towards this project. Isn't that incredible? I mean, it just moved me to tears. I mean, they are they're not just giving us their, free, their time and their talents, And they are really, like, high-level people, so that's massive. Not only that, they're giving us their money. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. OMG, right? (laughs) I mean, you kind of think, why are you so into this? (laughs) Right? I mean, they really feel like... they want to support this. Like, they really feel, and some of them are not even Christians, they're agnostics, but they really believe that this kind of stuff's got to spread. This really needs to go out there, they believe. That, that, that this has to spread, and more people's got to hear about this sort of stuff. So, that was really inspiring and challenging to me. I'm like, my goodness. Why are they so into it? And then, you know, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know to some extent. I don't know them that well, except for Tom. I've gotten to know him over the last few months. You know, he's left the church he was part of for three decades just recently because he says he's just had it with the older son Christian faith. He can't take it anymore. And, you know, he is out of the pigsty. His life is stable It's not criminal. He's not chaotic. But he feels that pull towards, I I want my life to mean something more than this. It's not enough for me that I I have a stable life. I want my life to be part of the story of God. I want to be part of the feast. I want to experience that joy that comes from spreading the gospel with a group of people. So I'm in this. How about you? You are here. And you're experiencing all this. You know? What do you think? You guys have a good time so far? Yeah? Are you in? I'm in. I can't sit back and do nothing when people in Colorado are like saying, I'm in. We got to contribute and make this happen because, hey, to get into the feast... The two things I want to talk about, about making your life out of the uh getting it out of the gray zone into the feast, the two things I wanna mention. One is you have to be okay with the younger son in there. See, older son, he's so mad about the younger son, the criminal, he's like, you know, if he's in there, I'm not going in, right? You know, we can relate to that. Like that happens to us. Like sometimes you get an Evite to a party. And what do you do? You look at the list of people who are coming. Don't you? And you go, She's well, he, coming. I'm not going. Right? We can't do that with a Father's Feast. Whoever's in there, we have to be okay with because that's the father. He's not okay. Father doesn't exclude people. So if you're going to go into the father and stay in the corner and scowl, and if you're going to like go, "Hey, why don't you like scold some people here?" This is a good lecturing moment <laughs> to straighten out their life. I mean, maybe I mean people do need to come out of the pigsty, but you know that's not a good attitude. That's not what the father does, right? can't do that. You have to be okay with complete inclusiveness. Even if whoever is in there is a completely degenerate criminal like this younger son who has done unspeakable things. Just in. Do whatever, you know. Right? You have to be okay with that. We are an inclusive church. Are you good with that? Alright. Good. I'm glad for that. Second thing is, you have to like, you have to throw the party with the father. That's the pleading that the father does with his sons. You got to do this with me. You can't just come and say, oh, someone else is going to throw the party. This worship service, this is our attempt to be part of the effort from the father to throw the party for everyone to experience something different than the world gives you. You know, I talk about this concept called hero's journey. How many of you heard of it? Many of you, right? I don't have time to go into it. If you're curious, there's a podcast about it. Your program has the info on how to learn more about it. What I want to talk about today is this hero's journey is supposed to be this universal myth that speaks of what's in every human heart and their yearning. And it, it says there is a yearning in every human heart To move out of the ordinary world into the extraordinary world. There's something in our soul that is not satisfied with just the ordinary world where you just get what you put in. You obey God to get blessed by God. You reap what you sow and you get maybe even less than what you put in. It's the ordinary world. The extraordinary world is this kingdom of God reality that Jesus preached all the time where you get more than what you deserve, like the younger son. He got more than what he deserved, don't you think? That is a picture of the kingdom of God. Your life opens up. You get joy flowing in. You get life in all its fullness. The call to faith is this ability to rejoice always no matter what's going on. Something extra going on in your life so that you experience life at a heavenly dimension while living on earth. That hero's journey, how we get into that, So a lot to talk about, but one thing I want to say today is you got to band with other like-minded people to spread this good news that God is not like what the godly people have said God is like for so long. God is like this, this parable, father of the parable of the prodigal son. That was the revolutionary aspect of Jesus' preaching. That's what we are invited to. And so let's be part of this thing and make this happen. If you are in, here are some ways that you can contribute and be part of the team. One, contribute financially. That's a great way. We need money to produce this content. We need money to put them out there, right? If, they are, if the people in Colorado are giving us $10,000 to put on this project, come on, we got to do better than that as a church, right? So we're calling this project, they come up with this, we're calling this project Revolution. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's their work. They did that in like two days. It's amazing. Very fast. We're playing around with some hashtags. Free God now. And that's a word play. That It's this idea that people put God in a box. That God gets limited. And so you free God. But also that God's stuff is free. It's not older son, you got to work for it. Younger son gets it for free, doesn't he? It's free stuff. So, you know, there's word play going on. So a lot of other stuff there were God is fun, friends of God, and you know, there are a few of these, you know. But they're just gonna like keep keep coming up with all. they're very creative, you know. It's their job. So they know how to do this. It's happening, folks. <laughs> so you can write a check and market revolution, you know, and we'll put it in the a uh, 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 fund. You know, we're gonna like do a fundraising for this. Isn't that exciting? And as we Create this content, and by the way, if you know anybody who's good at like videotaping or editing or stuff like that, we have a budget for this, trying to hire someone, so if you know anyone, let us know, okay? And as we create this content, share them, right? Put it on your Facebook, invite your friends, tell them about how we are different. Be, would you be willing to do that? You know, go out there and spread the word. And finally, on Sundays, this takes a lot of work. This is supposed to be a computer lab. So, all that stuff that had to be moved back there. Right? So, setup team, they have a lot of work to do. Takedown team, they have a lot of work to do. On Sundays, you are here anyway. Well, why don't you just stay around for a few more minutes and just move a chair or two? Right? That doesn't sound that bad, does it? But that will get you away from consumer mentality to host mentality. It'll go from this church is something I come to to consume, this is something that they are putting on, to you start to think of yourself as we are doing this together. And that is a great way to stop being, start walking your hero's journey not as a servant of God, but as a friend of God trying to throw the party together. Friends do that, right? Friends get together, throw a party together. That's what we want you to start feeling. And that's going to start changing how life feels to you entirely. God will start blessing you. You will start making friends and things will start changing. Because now you are with the Father throwing the party. You guys in? Yeah? Is it convincing enough? (laughs) Let's do it. Right? I'm in. Let me pray for us. God, we are so thankful that you are both, you are for both the older son and the younger son. And we identify with different types at different times, God. And we need you to speak to us at the right time of what we need to hear in order to stay out of the pigsty, but also into the feast of the Father God. So Holy Spirit, would you come and start to reset our assumptions about who you are like? You are our friend at all times. You always want good for us, and help us to experience that in reality today. Thank you, God, for your invitation into the feast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.